More than three months after the lockdown began, the Philippines continues to grapple with the consequences of the COVID-19 pandemic. In this series of the Urbanismo podcast, we talk to people on the ground. Kamustahin natin kung paano nabago ng pandemic ang buhay nila. Ako si Aaron Maliari para sa Urbanismo Podcast Series 6. In this episode, we talk to Dr. Grace Cruz of the UP Population Institute to give us an idea of how our population looks like and how the government is responding to the needs of old persons. I'm Dr. Grace Cruz. I'm currently the director of the UP Population Institute. I've been working with the Aging Project for quite some time now. We speak with Dr. Maureen Mata to know how the pandemic is different for persons with disabilities. Lumitang mundo ko physically. Ang pag-travel ay nasa loob na lang ng bahay hanggang bakuran. Pero lumaki ang mundo ko sa digital world. And with Emily Beredico of the Coalition of Services of the Elderly to know the economic impact of the pandemic on the elderly and older population. So we work with older persons through the formation and strengthening of older persons' organizations. establishment of community-based programs, we do partnership building and also advocacy. We want to know how different the experiences of the COVID-19 pandemic is for some of the most vulnerable sectors in society. And in this series, that is exactly what we want to do. We will be talking to people from across the country to give us an idea of the challenges that we face as the government begins to ease the restrictions of movement. What kind of world will we be facing? How are we going to respond to the needs of different groups of people as we begin to move forward from this pandemic? Ang Urbanismo Podcast Series 6 ay hatid sa inyo ng Urbanismo ng Young Public Servants kasama ng Friedrich Evarch Stiftung, Philippines, International Center for Innovation, Transformation, and Excellence in Governance, or InsightGov, at ng Philippine Center for Investigative Journalism. A side note before we begin. The views and opinions of the guests and panelists do not necessarily reflect those of Urbanismo, of Young Public Servants and its partners. The COVID-19 pandemic disrupted the lives of billions of people across the globe. It devastated economies and forced people to stay at home in an effort to slow down the growth of cases and allow the public health system to play catch-up. Lockdowns in the Philippines started in mid-March, with the government restricting the movement of people and halting public transport. It became a difficult adjustment for many, even more so for the elderly and persons with disabilities. In this episode, we want to know how the experience was different for these groups of people. But before we go to that, Let's first go to Dr. Grace Cruz from the UP Population Institute to get a picture of how our population looks like. 
can you uh, describe yung Philippine population in general in terms of the demographics? Where are we at in terms of the senior citizen population ng Pilipinas? When we talk of the Philippine population, it's still considered a young population. Kasi how you describe a population, whether it's young or old, will depend upon the structure. So ang Philippines, as we all know, has a large proportion of its population that is in the younger ages because of high fertility of women. No? Mm-hmm. But there is a significant proportion, about 8% or about 8 million, who are considered older people. And uh, we define older people as those who are 60 years and over. In the international right. literature, it could be 60 or 65 years and over. So, ang definition kasi ng aging population is when the proportion of the population 60 years and over would be about at least 10%. So, mm. we're expecting that uh, maybe in 20 to 25 years, as the age structure of the country changes because of uh, longer life expectancy, about 10% of our uh, country's population already 60 years and over. Hmm. Uh, globally, it's really Japan that is the most aging population. So we're very far from that uh, age structure. So relative to Japan, for instance, we're a very young population. No? So it's really the factors causing uh, the aging of the population. It's really the lengthening of life, the increasing life expectancy. People are living longer lives now. And uh, the changing age structure also due to the declining births for women. We call that technically fertility, declining fertility of women. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, when you talk of older persons, the major issues that they face are really economic and health. Because as you grow older, uh, you know, you start to retire from work, so your income becomes less, especially in the context of the Philippines, where, you know, formal sector uh, employment is really, uh, you know, a small proportion in terms of... Um, those who are employed in the formal sector is really a small proportion for those who are now in the older ages because mm-hmm. when you know it's a generally agricultural country so most of them are in the informal sector mm-hmm. so upon retirement they don't have any pension and that's a problem because uh, the moment they get sick in old age their sources of income will dwindle and they are very dependent now on their children for transfers of support so magiging problema talagang economic well-being is well-being ng older persons and then with that as they grow older din naman they start to have illnesses diba kakasakit na sila so if they don't have any pension wala silang health insurance tapos lumadami ang sakit-sakit it becomes a problematic situation that's why uh, nagiging vulnerable na sila, no? So, kung for instance, ang sources of support ng ating older persons right now, based on our study, ang mga older women, they really depend largely on transfers from their children. That's their main source of income, about a third of them. Mm-hmm. And only 20% uh, said that their most important source of income is pension. So, mm-hmm. in, if you look at their pensions, Kung kunwari, SSS, ang liit-liit ng uh, pension nila niyan, no? Mga less than 5,000 a month. So, it's not enough to cover for their medicines or the things that they need on a daily basis. So, yun ang mga issues nila. It's really health and economic. That was Dr. Grace Cruz talking about the composition of the Philippine population. Now, let's go to Emily Beredico from the Coalition of Services of the Elderly, or COSE. 
Let's look at the economic needs of the elderly and how the government is responding to this challenge. Gusto ko lang pong makuha yung uh, inyong insight based sa inyong mga advocacy work at mga operations ng COSE. Paano po nakaapekto yung pandemic sa mga older populations dito sa Pilipinas? So, sa totoo lang, kung lahat, kung lahat ng sektor yung pag-uusapan, yung pinakaapektado talaga yung mga senior citizens no? or older persons. Kasi kung titignan natin, even sa number of confirmed cases, for example, as of May 30, 2020, mayroon na tayong 17,244 confirmed cases and 3,435 or 20.1% noon ay mga nakatatanda, 60 years old in above. And also, from the 950 recorded deaths, 634 or 66.9% ang mga senior citizens din. So, kung titingnan mo yung data na to, malinaw na sinasabi na yung mga nakatatanda talaga yung mas apektado dahil sila yung mas susceptible sa virus and mas mataas yung risk nila sa mga disease, no, sa severe disease, saka sa death. So, kung titignan natin, yung percentage niya disproportionately affected considering that yung older person talaga, nagko-constitute lang siya ng 8% ng ating population. Mm-hmm. So, dahil doon, kung titignan natin, sila nga yung apektadong sektor. Tapos kung titignan din natin yung mga responses ng government, hindi kasi siya nagre-respond doon sa totoong pangangailangan yung mga nata- nakatatanda. Halimbawa na lang yung impact nito sa economic ng mga nakatatanda, lalo na yung mga walang source of income, especially yung mga informal workers na mga older persons like jeepney drivers or tricycle drivers, yung mga vendors. Tapos lalo pa yung nanawalan sila ng trabaho. At saka yung may mga maliliit lang na pension or wala talagang pension. Kasi sa kasalukuyan, mayroon pa tayong mahigit na 3 million older persons na walang natatanggap ni, ni anong pension. So, um, mayroon tayong nabanggit ko nga kanina, no? yung isa sa mga naipanalo natin, yung pagkakaroon ng social pension. Pero targeted to, doon pa lang to sa mga indigent senior citizen na napakaliit ng amount, 500 a month, tapos yung payout pa nito ay every six months. So, um, 3,000 for every six months. Na, uh, kung titingnan natin, mas lalong nagpalala sa sitwasyon. Kasi yung last year, delayed yung implementation, yung payout. So, this year pa lang, this month pa lang, nag-start na mag-payout ng ibang mga regions na hindi pa nakapag-payout yung buong taon last year. Uh, ganun pa man, ma- maliit pa rin talaga, no? Kasi napakaliit nga talaga yung amount nito. Then, mayroon naman sanang social amenioration program yung ating government na binigay. Ang problema, hindi ganun kalinaw yung guidelines no, para sa mga senior citizens. Do may nakalagay doon na priority ang mga senior citizens, uh, persons with disabilities, o yung mga vulnerable groups. Kaya lang, hindi siya ganun kalinaw sa guidelines. So, ang, na- na- ang naging problema pa, nagkakaroon ng iba't-ibang interpretations yung ating local government units. So, yung iba, automatic na pag-pensioner ka, maliit man o malaki, excluded ka na as beneficiaries. So, ang nangyari, uh, yung mga, ang daming nag, um, tumatawag sa amin, nagtatanong bakit hindi sila kasama 
kasi may natatanggap na daw silang 500 a month na pension na kung titingnan natin sa criteria, automatic dapat included sila kasi identified na sila na indigent kaya nga sila kasama dun sa social pension program. Tapos yung isa pang nagiging impact nito din in terms of pag-access, problema kasi sa atin yung kailangan na i-improve pa yung delivery system, no? Kasi pay, uh, physical payout ito, so may mga cases na babalitan natin, napapanood sa news na may mga nakatatanda na namatay habang nakapila, no? Dahil sa heart attack, habang nakapila sila para mag, magpa-qualify, magpa-interview doon sa SAP. Mm-hmm. Parang nasacrifice yung yung buhay, napakaliit nga nung matatanggap kasi hindi maayos yung delivery system natin. Though matagal na namin minumungkahayan sa Department of Social Welfare and Development na i-improve but why not maximize yung mga existing electronic money transfer, di ba sa locality ang dami naman. So, para maiwasan na nga yung pagpila ng mahaba, ang mga gutong, mainit, So, yun yung mga nagiging problema ngayon. Pwede ba kayong mag-share ng pinaka nag-stand out sa inyo na nakwento tungkol uh, sa pagharap nila dito sa crisis? Uh, maliban sa economic, no, sa health, kasi nabalitahan mm-hmm. din natin. Kasi yung ageism o yung discrimination pagbatay sa sa edad, no? Kasi pag na, nalaman nilang senior citizens, automatic yung thinking, ah, may COVID yan. So, kung nabalitaan natin, yung medyo talaga, ano to, grabe ako naapektuhan yung isang nakatatanda sa Nueva Ecija na tinanggihan ng anim na hospitals. Namatay siya dahil di siya, pero sakit lang yun ng siya, yung nakumpoy din naman sana siya. Kung tinanggap siya ng mga hospitals, baka nasilbi na, naligtas pa yung buhay niya. Another one yung dito sa Metro Manila. Not sure kung what particular city yun, pero sampung hospitals at isang clinic ang pinuntahan. Dininay siya, so namatay din siya sa ambulance. So yung ganito na hanggang ngayon, yung pagtingin, di ko alam kung paano siya, yung discrimination no, pagdating sa edad, na hindi naman... Na parang pag uh, pag younger pa siguro, younger, younger junior, pag younger person mm-hmm. pwedeng tinanggap pero dahil older persons, mm-hmm. mas sila kasi yung uh, mas susceptible yan sa virus baka yun ang tinitingnan. Oo, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nabanggit niyo kanina na parang iba-iba yung approach ng national government, local government. Uh, at nakakadagdag yun dun sa problema ng delivery ng services para sa mga older populations natin. Meron, bang, meron ba kayong mga narinig na kwento ng mga local government naman na naging efficient uh, dun sa pagdi-deliver ng services to, para sa mga older populations? Um, may, yung iba kasi mas, mas maganda yung ginagawa ng ibang mga LGUs kasi universal no sa lahat no para yun nga din yung pinupush natin na sana nga universal kasi kahit naman yung mga nasa middle income ngayon konting shock sa limbo ito nagkaroon ng covid na wala ng trabaho buma nagiging mahirap na sila so yun yung advocacy natin na sana yung mga programs, services, mga assistance ay universal siya so yung ibang LGUs may ganyan no halimbawa kasi may mga areas kami sa Leyte, like for example, yung Ormoc, yung Kananga, lahat, wala silang pinipili. So, Tapos mararami yung binibigay na assistance, hindi pa unti-unti. Tigi isang sakong bigas agad, lahat ng families. So, 
So, walang exclusion. So, yun din yung sumulat din kami sa Department of Social Welfare and Development ng joint statement na kung saan saan dito ng iba-ibang partner organizations namin all over the country asking na para hindi na sila din mahirapan sa pag-identify ng mga senior citizens na bibigyan ng SAP. Dapat isama na lang lahat ng pamilya na may senior citizen. So, lahat ng families na may senior citizens, dapat automatic ng kasama. Not necessary kasi sa isang pamilya, pwedeng buhay pa yung mag-asawang senior citizen, isa lang makakatanggap. Basta per families yung counting, hindi per household. Kasi minsan sa isang household may three families. So pwedeng may tatlong senior citizens din doon. So kaya uh, per families yung aming uh, suggestion. Pero nag-reply yung sa policy uh, unit, pero yung sa, sa pinorward nila sa sa implementation, sa program implementation unit. Pero as of now, wala pa din silang response. Kasi mm-hmm. mas madali sana. In a way, di ba, kasi nahihirapan sila mag-identify. Mas mapapabilis yung mm-hmm. implementation at walang maiiwan. So, mm-hmm. makakatanggap. Isa sa mga tinitingnan din namin proposal na magkaroon ng mga online consultation na free. Kasi yung iba ang, ang ano din nila problema may pambili naman ng gamot pero wala ding prescription na kailangan siya ng, ng drugstore. So, at least online yung pag-issue ng prescription, lalo na kung dati mo naman ang sakit o dati mo ng doktor. So, mas madali. Sabi naman nung DOH, mayroon naman daw silang ganong programang ini-start. The elderly have different needs that need to be met to be able to cope with the challenges of the pandemic. Again, let's go back to Dr. Grace Cruz to know how the government can step up to these challenges. So I think uh, two things are important for me. I think one is the economic intervention that mm-hmm. I think when the government starts you know, implementing all of this uh, economic intervention, they should not forget the older persons. No? Na, kunwari, magbibigay sila ng mga packages una, eh, na in kind, alalahanin nila na there are certain households na may older persons. No? Mm. So yun, yung economic uh, support nila should be there and um, uh, y- meron nga nag-advocate na dapat universal universal ang pagbigay ng pension sa older persons. Although we all know mm-hmm. that the government doesn't have the resources to do that, so they're targeting the, the poorest lang muna as priority groups. Hmm. On the health side, um, I think the health sector are also pushing for uh, certain ethical principles in the allocation of uh, resources, especially, as I've said, we have very limited resources. Because if you heard in the past, there are experiences that are like home for the aged in other countries, for instance, they're just going to die. Right? If you have very limited um For instance, uh, ICU or ventilators, sino po prioritize mo? Yung bata o yung matanda? Mm-hmm. So parang ang mga medical group are also saying, uh, let's, let's have a more um, ethical no, um, basis for all of this. It should be the clinical criteria rather than age alone. Mm-hmm. It should not be the sole basis for the triage decisions, mm-hmm. diba? So, dapat include niya yung, integrate niya with other clinical parameters, yung other criteria other than age, like, you know, 
um, religion, ethnicity, social, and economic status. All of these things should count rather than just, you know, age. And uh, ang law kasi natin, nagpo-provide siya na all regions in the country should have a geriatric facility. Mm-hmm. That's that's provided by law. Mm-hmm. Pero if you look at the current status, even pre-COVID, and daming regions na walang geriatric, uh, geriatricians mm-hmm. and geriatric facilities, which is required by law. And if you look at the distribution of geriatricians in the country, they're mostly concentrated in Metro Manila. So ano naman mangyayari dun sa mga geriatric patients mo outside of Metro Manila and the environs, di ba? So ngayon, ang gusto nila, sana, uh, let's think of also improving the geriatric facilities and wards, especially now for COVID patients who are older persons. Kasi iba yung needs nila eh. Yun, they are more likely to, uh, like, let's say, fall, etc. Iba, they're more vulnerable. They have different needs from the uh, other sectors of population. So those uh, that, that, those kinds of needs should be taken care of. Mm-hmm. And there's also a you know, suggestion that sana mabigyan sila ng flu and pneumonia vaccination. And of course, yung prejudice and discrimination towards older persons should be addressed. No? Mm-hmm. So yun yung mga dapat itingnan natin na of course, medyo uh, mahirap gawin at this time kasi ang kukulangan na tayo na resources. Mm-hmm. But uh, we should put this at the back of our minds kasi yun na nga, ang policy natin is that uh, no one should be left behind. So. Yeah. And the older persons, even the vulnerable groups, should all be considered when we do interventions or policies and programs for our population. Now, there are many different groups of people that have specific challenges that make this pandemic more difficult. Persons with disabilities or PWDs face a different set of challenges from the elderly. Let's go to Dr. Maureen Mata to know what those are and what we can do to help. We are really caught off guard with this lockdown. And uh, the challenge, number one, is how we can be able to um, convert our activities into an online thing, into a new normal, in a platform where persons with disabilities are not all of us, are not well-versed. Sanay akong mag-work from home, pero only part-time. Because of my disability, because of the challenges that I'm experiencing, um, sa traffic, no? So, mm-hmm. malaking bagay sa akin din ito. Pero, uh, hindi ko akalain na, hindi talaga ako totally makakalabas, no? Parang isang challenge din na hinaharap ng uh, persons with disabilities ay yung government relief operations. Pwede ba kayong magbigay ng insight ninyo or ng comment ninyo with regard to how the government is providing support? to persons with disabilities during this time. Can I cite one LGU because I live here in the city? So far, maganda ang plans or na na-implement ng aming mayor dito sa Makati City. Number one, for persons with disabilities, all 13,000 plus persons with disabilities here in Makati City were given a set of 1,000 pesos and relief goods. In the barangay level, it depends on the realignment, no? Paano nirealign ng uh, barangay council, yung kanilang budget. Of course, 
legally, no? So they provided us relief goods, no? Some um some some LGUs or barangay gave us um yung hygiene kits. Another is dito sa Makati City yung every Makati Zen received and still receiving the 5,000 pesos. Every one of us received that 5,000 pesos. Wow. Yun sa, sa LGU level. Sa national level, ano, uh hindi ko pwedeng sabing walang ginagawa ang government natin sa, mm-hmm. sa national level. Ako, I am grateful. Even Aka Pinoy is very grateful of what uh, the plans being implemented for persons with disabilities. Although it is not enough. Dahil alam naman natin na maraming sektor ang kailangang tukunan na ating gobyerno. Pero for persons with disabilities, siguro nakaligtaan talagang ever since no, na isama kami sa pagpaplano. Mula pa noon, um, kaya ang datos ng mikapansanan ay hindi ganun ka-reliable and accurate. We rely more on the data ng Persons with Disability Affairs Office based on the giving of the National PWD ID card. So kung sino yung nandun sa listahan na yun, syempre sila yung mabibigyan. No? Um, siguro uh, sa panahon ngayon, uh, need talaga pa rin na continuous or may continuity talaga ng ma-include o um, magkaroon ng active participation in every consultations ang persons with disabilities at organizations para mas mapaganda pa natin at mas maging inclusive ang plano natin um, para sa persons with disabilities. So, sa tingin mo, Dok, paano ba pwedeng ma-actualize yung, yung pagiging inclusive palalo ng, ng government? No? So, bukod din sa nabanggit ninyo na pakikinig sa concerns din ng persons with disabilities. Can you think of some particular measures, especially during this time of uh, community quarantines? No? Paano ba mas makakatulong yung, yung government in responding to the needs of the persons with disabilities? Yeah. Okay, magandang tanong yan, Aaron. No? It's more of an open communication uh, um, with us, not just for pili ng mga persons with disabilities, no? But also with organizations, persons with disabilities. Uh, dapat maging bukas muna ang attitude or isip ng ating mga namumuno na mamahala. Kasi pag hindi sila open, kung traditional yung school of thought nila or school of thinking nila at medyo conventional siya, no? Uh, at kung sarado ang pag-iisip, medyo mahihirapan po natin infiltrate yung kanilang mindset no na mapapilang kami yung mindset ba na hindi na po dapat charity yung approach no na hindi kami puro dole outs kasi sa pagbibigay pa lamang ng relief goods based dun sa mga sardinas canned goods ganito ay hindi talaga nakakatulong dahil hindi nila naisip po ano ba talaga ang pagkain na nararapat sa isang taong may kapansan, even for regular people na walang may kapansanan. Yes. Na kung titignan mo, makakatulong sana kung, di ba, sa ating mga farmers, agriculture natin, kapag fresh vegetables, sa ating mga uh, Bureau of Animal Industry, may mga ganong factor, no? Number one is the mindset, the attitude, and um, pagbubukas ng kaisipan nila at yung pagtawag nila sa amin na open arms na yayakapin nila kami na nandito kami para makinig sa inyo. And I think no, mahalaga din na dun sa openness na yun, no, ay na may iba-iba ding forma yung disability na, na hindi lang siya yung yeah. na minsan may 
may mental health concern na hindi naman siya necessarily manifesting physically pero yes that is true people are struggling no so, parang mahalaga din yun na na malagay sa conversation. Uh, meron kasi tayong approach na tinatawag, yung twin track approach, no? Yeah, Siguro sa pagpaplano para ma-include ang isang tao may kapansanan, whether visible or invisible man yung kapansanan niya, ay uh, tingnan natin kung yung isa yung naka-mainstream yung pagpaplano, pati mm-hmm. isa naman yung talagang para sa may kapansanan lamang. Mm-hmm. No? Dapat ganun din yung pagtingin. At the same time, yung, yung grounded no hindi inisipin na inisip na national lang ganon ano dapat ito ay community based so para mamamit natin yung inclusivity inclusive development dapat grounded or community based di talaga ang tingin una una yung datos no paano natin yes. malalaman yung datos lalo ngayon hindi naman kami pwedeng lumabas at pumunta sa city hall para ano siguro may one way social media is magandang platform para tawagin magtawag so bakit hindi natin uh, samantalahin yung ganyang platform na, oh, alam niyo ba na ang person, may mga ganong uh, pamamalita lamang din at maganda yes, yes. no Siguro mas forward-looking, how, how do you think this continuing situation will affect uh, persons with disabilities in the Philippines? And, and how can we uh, lend a hand and support? Okay, malaking effect nito sa persons with disabilities in the truest essence of the word uh, inclusion. How can the government provide reasonable accommodation to us? Paano namin, uh, paano magiging accessible ang basic services no, for persons with disabilities? Dahil kahit GCQ na yan, may mga restrictions or limitations pa rin na nakaset or may guidelines pa rin for that na will restrict or will limit us for us to be able to interact to or to access uh, this basic social services or basic services. No, number one is yung education. No, medyo pinag-usapan napakatunog ngayon ng edukasyon kung paano uh, ma-access, no? Para sa regular schooling ng regular learners. Paano naman po yung learners with disabilities in the urban and the rural setting? Alam naman po natin, blended na po yung magiging learning natin. Pero sana, i-take into account nila kung paano nila gagawin ito. It is really a challenge. So sana, isama naman po nila yung mga parents of children with disabilities sa pag-uusap uh, patungkol dito. Another is transportation. Uh, with Mobility Coalition, uh, we're in Acapino is part of, and ako personally, I'm also part of that. Among with the Coalition of Mobility, ay sinusuportahan namin ng active transportation, no? As long as na hiwalay po ang um, nakalagay o nakalaan para sa bike lanes, paano yung mga nakasakay ng wheelchair, ensure na accessible yung dadaanan ng mga persons with disabilities, persons with mobility, concerns, no? yung mga nakatatanda, yung mga buntis, yung mga pamilyang may mga bata na nakasakay sa stroller or sa pram, yung may mga bitbit na mabibigat na gamit, no? na namalengke, yung mga kasambahay na mga kasama natin na inutusan para mamalengke, di ba? Sa sidewalk yan dumadaan. So, ensure na magkawala yan. In terms of public transportation, please ensure na accessible ito. The usual reserved seats for persons with disabilities po na malapit sa pintuan sa Escribo, doon pa rin po ang aming upuan. No? 
definitely social distancing is there, no? The interconnectivity of the transportation dapat po maayos, walang balakid, walang barrier, no? Tandaan po natin dahil social distancing na to, dahil sa quarantine or sa implementation, even though ng GCQ, uh, hindi po natin alam kung tataas ang gastusin sa pamazahe at uh, limited din po ang perang meron ang ating mga persons with disabilities. No? In terms of uh, receiving no, um, social protection, hanggang ngayon po ay concerns po po namin. So, paano na po kami? Paano na po ang mga members namin na nagda-dialysis? Yes. Mga members namin na nagpapatherapy? Po, paano po ma-access yan ngayon? Alam po naman namin na merong AICS, no? yung assistance to individuals in crisis situation po. Um, paano po ngayon na hindi na po ganun makakapunta mismo sa opisina ng DSWD sa central office, paano po namin ma-access iyon? Um, kumusta po ang paglalakbay, pag-transport po, no po uh, from one hospital to another from, ha- from from one house to the hospital para maka-access po ng mga ganung hospital needs or treatments or rehabilitation sa ating mga children with disabilities persons who has cancer undergoing chemotherapeutic treatments people na meron pong mga leprosy in severe situation person po na mga mga psychosocial disability uh, friends and family members po natin alam po natin na ngayon po ay ongoing imagine niyo po hindi po maka-access ng gamot kasi hindi na po sila nakakapunta sa health center sa LGU nila so ano pong gagawin namin so napakalaki pong concern sa ano po akala po nila kasi ang tao may kapansanan ayun lang po nakikita nilang puto um, lang paa, pilay, nakasakay sa wheelchair, yung bulag, yung hindi nakakarinig, yung mga um, tungkod, yung mga nakatatanda na bedridden. Tandaan po natin, marami pa pong hindi natin nakikita. Yung mga invisible po na nandiyan, gumagaling uh, sila dahil sa migamot silang natatanggap. E paano po nung during those lockdowns ay wala silang nainom na gamot. Paano rin po yung mga kapatid natin, yung mga kapansanan na naka-experience of domestic violence po. Yun po yung isa pong winoworry namin ngayon. Uh, dahil sino po sila po ang biktima at sino po ang nambibiktima sa kanila. Hindi po natin malaman. Hindi po ako nagsasabi na po pwede ang kanilang kaanak mismo. At yun po yung mga katotohanan. May patutuo po. At um, sana po, hindi po sana mas grumabe, uh, dumoble o mas lumalim po yung kanilang mga kahirapan na nararanasan sa kanilang kabahayan. Sana mas maging pagtingin din ng bawat isa sa atin ay we are a contributing part of the society. No? Hindi lamang kami palaking biktima. Kahit biktima kami, meron pa rin kaming kayang gawin at maitulong para mas mapaganda ang ating pamay. So, sana tingnan natin. Sabi nga nun sa, uh, alam niyo ba yung Mm. ng Pinoy ni ni oh ni Godedjo Rosales no yes. sa uh, napakaliit na kusing no pag pinagsama-sama malaki uh, malaki at malayo ang mararating base nga din sa kanta no pag ito sa simbahan so ganun din sa so, mga maliliit na suggestions o sa maliliit na ginagawa ng bawat isa sa atin wala may kapansanan man po pag pinagsama-sama mo yan ay napakalaking bagay yan at malayo rin ang mararating That was Dr. Maureen Mata talking about the importance of the community in addressing issues faced by the PWDs, particularly in the face of this global pandemic. She gave us a very poignant advice to go beyond simply listening 
to the needs of disadvantaged groups. And that's it for this episode of Urbanismo Podcast Series 6. Sa susunod nating episode, tumungo naman tayo sa mga paaralan. Paano ba magbabago ang edukasyon sa panahon ng pandemya? Muli ako si Aaron Maliari at ito ang Urbanismo Podcast Series 6. Hatid sa inyo ng urbanismo, ng young public servants, kasama ng Friedrich Ebert Stiftung Philippines, International Center for Innovation, Transformation, and Excellence in Governance o Insight Gov at ng Philippine Center for Investigative Journalism.